0: You're listening to How I Grow with the Seed Collection, and today I'll be talking about how to deal with slugs and snails in the garden. Few pests cause quite so much anguish to gardeners as slugs and snails. The damage they can cause to your plants is swift and decisive, often wiping out a whole row of seedlings in a single night. However, there is plenty you can do to keep the population under control you don't need to resort to the dreaded snail pellets, which can cause so much harm to benign wildlife. First, it's helpful to know exactly what you're up against when it comes to these annoying, slimy creatures. Both slugs and snails are in the gastropod mollusk class of animals, but despite their similar appearances, they're not very closely related and there are countless species of each, even within their own groups. Of course, the most obvious difference between the two is that snails carry a shell, while slugs do not. But in terms of size and colour, there's such a wide variety both within and between the two families. Nonetheless, their behaviours and control methods are broadly similar enough that they can be grouped together in terms of being garden pests. It would probably be easier to list the plants which are immune to slug and snail attention than to mention all the ones at risk. They tend to ignore highly aromatic herbs like lavender, as well as hairy stemmed flowers like geraniums. They'll avoid euphorbias wherever possible, and tend to overlook ferns while they forage for food. But beyond this, virtually any tender young plant will be on the menu, and plenty of older ones too. There's no sure way to control slugs and snails, and for many gardeners it becomes almost a sport to find new and ingenious ways of deterring them. However... Here are seven of the most common methods which are known to work, at least to some extent. Number one. Remove hiding places. Both slugs and snails thrive in dark and gloomy corners, particularly ones filled with damp and rotting organic material. And although you'll never remove all of these spots from your garden, keeping the areas surrounding your important beds clean and tidy helps to keep slugs occupied elsewhere. Number two. Encourage birds. As with so many pest problems, making your garden attractive to local birds is a great help in dealing with gastropods. If you haven't already, install some bird feeders and baths and try to keep them filled. With luck, the birds will arrive for an easy main course and take a few slugs and snails for dessert. Number 3. Raise chooks or ducks. If wild avians don't provide enough air cover, consider raising chickens or ducks if you have the space. They rate the slimy mollusks as a delicacy, but be aware that letting poultry roam your garden can be just as destructive as the pest problem you're trying to cure. Number four, nocturnal collection. As you're going about your gardening activities, it makes sense to deal with any slugs and snails as and when you come across them. Either collect them in a bucket and transfer them far away from your patch, or, for the less squeamish, a stomp with a heavy boot is quick, and often more effective. Unfortunately, this will only be scratching the surface. To really do some damage to their numbers, make nighttime patrols by torchlight to surprise them as they feed under the cover of darkness. In particular, check out beds with plenty of young, fresh seedlings as well as areas you've recently watered and you'll be certain to find rich pickings. Number five, set traps. To make collection easier, there are two types of traps you can lay. The simplest is to leave halves of orange or grapefruit peel dotted around the problem areas, cut side down. Slugs in particular will be attracted by the smell and will slime their way inside to feed on the fruity pulp, making them sitting targets. A second method, now a firm part of gardening law, is to lay a beer trap. These are hugely tempting to both slugs and snails. The basic idea is to bury a deep saucer into the soil so that it's level with the surface, then add a centimetre or two of beer to the bottom. The yeasty smell will draw the creatures in, but after making an accidental splash, they'll be unable to escape. This simple beer trap method works well, but you can make or buy more advanced versions with covers to keep the rain out and the slugs in. But in either case, remember to collect and remove the contents regularly, especially in warmer weather. Number six, barrier methods. No matter how zealous you are at keeping the population down, there will always be plenty of gastropods left to go around. Using barrier methods to protect individual plants is therefore a really sensible precaution. Here are three ideas which many gardeners have found useful. Copper. A band or ring of copper placed on the soil around the base of vulnerable plants will give any gastropod a mild electric shock if they try to cross over it. This is usually enough to deter them. For containers, you can buy copper tape to wrap around the rim to achieve the same effect. However in both cases, if any part of the plant bends down and touches the ground, the copper protection will be null and void. Grit, sand or eggshells. For a less electric method, simply sprinkle rough grit, sharp sand or crumbled eggshells around the plant's bases. This covering will hopefully be too uncomfortable to crawl across although success rates with this will vary. Diatomaceous earth A more dependable variant on grit or sand is to use a substance called diatomaceous earth. This is an organic product made from tiny fossilised seashells, and on a microscopic scale, it's incredibly sharp and spiky. Spreading this around your plants should be a highly effective deterrent to the tender undersides of all slugs and snails, as well as many insect pets, like earwigs. Number seven, slug pellets. As a last resort, spreading slug and snail pellets and baits around your garden can be helpful. However, please be sure to use a modern organic pellet based on ferric phosphate rather than a less selective poison such as metaldehyde, which risks harming innocent wildlife. With each of these methods, some people have great success, while others see no positive results at all. But with slugs and snails posing such an ever-present problem, it makes sense to incorporate as many tactics as you can into your gardening routine. Now I'm going to go over some of the most common questions we hear asked on this topic. How do I identify if my garden has a slug or snail problem? Identifying a slug or snail issue in your garden involves observing the signs of their presence and the damage they cause. Here are some indicators. Chewed leaves. Look for irregular holes or edges on plant leaves. Slugs and snails typically feed on the softer parts of plants, leaving distinctive chew marks and slime trails. Slugs and snails secrete a mucus-like slime as they move, leaving shiny trails on surfaces. Check for these trails on plants, soil or hard surfaces in and around the garden. Another sign is damaged seedlings. Seedlings are often more vulnerable to slug and snail damage. If you notice small, newly emerged plants being eaten or damaged, slugs or snails could be the culprits. Another thing to check for is hollowed fruits. Check fruits for signs of feeding, especially on the softer parts. Slugs and snails may burrow into fruits causing damage. They also create irregular holes in tubers or bulbs. If you have underground crops like potatoes or bulbs, check them for irregular holes or damage that could indicate slug or snail feeding. There's also the presence of eggs. Slugs and snails lay clusters of translucent eggs. Look for these eggs in hidden moist areas such as the undersides of leaves or in the soil. Inspect your plants regularly for any unusual signs. Things like wilting or stunted growth which might be attributed to slugs and snails. By paying attention to these signs you can determine if they are causing issues in your garden and take appropriate measures to control their population. Another question we've been asked is, are there specific types of soil that attract more slugs and snails? And the answer to this is yes. The type of soil in your garden can heavily influence the presence of slugs and snails. Slugs and snails thrive in damp environments, so soil with high moisture retention is really attractive to them. Clay soils which hold water well can provide an ideal habitat. There's also organic matter content, Soil rich in organic matter, such as decaying leaves and plant debris, is also appealing. They feed on the decomposing organic material and find hiding places in it too. pH levels. Slugs and snails are generally adaptable to a range of soil pH levels too. However, slightly acidic to neutral soils, like with a pH between 6.0 to 7.0, are often preferred. Conduct a soil test to determine the pH of your soil. There's also the texture. Slugs and snails prefer soils with a loose texture, making it easier for them to move through the soil. Sandy soils will be less favourable due to their drier nature. Mulch type. The type of mulch you use can also have an impact. While mulching is beneficial for moisture retention and weed suppression, Certain types of mulch, especially organic mulches like straw or bark, can create more favourable conditions for slugs and snails. The proximity to water sources is also really important. Gardens close to water sources such as ponds, streams, or areas with poor drainage may have a higher slug and snail population due to the increased moisture. Slugs and snails also prefer a more shaded area in the garden and they're more active in shady locations too. So to reduce slug and snail activity in your garden, consider modifying these soil conditions, improve drainage, reduce excess moisture, and manage organic matter carefully. Additionally, creating dry and less favourable hiding spots can help discourage these pests from establishing a significant presence in your garden. Are there certain times of the year when slugs and snails are more active? Yes, the activity of slugs and snails is influenced by various environmental factors and their activity levels vary throughout the year. As a general guide, they do tend to be far less active in the winter time and more active in the spring. They're more active in spring because temperatures rise and moisture levels increase. This is a critical time for them to feed, mate and lay eggs. Snail activity will continue in the summer. This is due to the warmer temperatures and increased vegetation, which provides ample food and hiding places. But as the weather becomes hotter and drier toward the later half of the season, you can expect to see a decrease in activity. Slugs and snails may still remain active in the autumn too. This is their last window to continue feeding and laying eggs before winter arrives. Slugs and snails are much less active during the winter months. They may hibernate or seek shelter in protected places reducing their overall activity levels in the garden. It's important to note that while activity may vary seasonally, the presence of slugs and snails can still be a concern, especially in regions with mild and wet climates. Additionally, localised weather conditions such as heavy rainfall or unseasonably warm temperatures can influence their activity at any time of the year. So to effectively manage slugs and snails in your garden, It's advisable to remain vigilant and implement control measures when their activity is heightened, particularly during the periods of increased moisture and plant growth. Are there any plants that repel slugs and snails naturally? There are certain plants that are believed to repel these creatures naturally. But while their repellent effects can vary, incorporating these plants into your garden can help deter them. Plants that are said to deter slugs and snails due to their strong aromatics include lavender, rosemary, thyme, sage, mint, rue, chives, garlic, and basil. And there are others with different qualities that snails don't like either, such as fennel. And then there's foxglove, which contains a toxin that can deter slugs and snails. While these plants may provide some level of repellent effect, it's essential to understand that no plant can guarantee complete protection. Moreover, individual results may vary and other factors like environmental conditions, the severity of the infestation and the overall garden ecosystem can influence the effectiveness of these natural repellents. Consider incorporating a variety of these plants into your garden and experiment to see which one works best in your specific conditions. Additionally, integrating multiple pest control strategies at the one time such as barriers and traps can enhance your overall slug and snail management efforts. Can mulching help deter slugs and snails? It certainly can, if you're using the right mulch. Given that these creatures prefer damp conditions, using dry mulches like straw or wood chips can be really beneficial. You can also create barriers with certain mulches. A healthy garden with mulch can support natural predators of slugs and snails. But on the negative side of things, having mulch that stays moist can actually attract them. So to summarise some tips. Choose a dry mulch. Opt for materials like straw or crushed eggshells. Leave gaps. Keep a gap between mulch and plant stems to prevent pests from using them as a bridge. Combine methods. Use mulching along with hand-picking, natural predators and barrier methods for better control. And regular inspection check under the mulch for pests during the day and remove them if you find any. By using these mulching tips, you can create an environment much less attractive to these pests. Lastly, I'd like to touch on achieving a balance between controlling slugs and snails while maintaining a healthy garden ecosystem. The key is to embrace sustainable and integrated approaches that minimise harm to the overall environment. So I'm going to list a few things that can help in doing this. Number one. Respect the ecosystem dynamics. Acknowledge and appreciate the complexity of your garden ecosystem. Understand that every organism, even pests like slugs and snails, play a role in the larger ecological balance. Number two. Try to use integrated pest management. Focus on a combination of preventative measures and targeted interventions. Avoid over-reliance on chemical pesticides that can harm non-target species and disrupt the natural balance of your garden. 3. Promote biodiversity. Foster a diverse garden environment that supports a variety of plants, insects and other organisms. A rich biodiversity helps in naturally controlling pest population by maintaining a more complex and resilient ecosystem. 4. Minimal environmental impact. Prioritise methods of slug and snail control that have minimal environmental impact. This might involve using physical barriers, natural predators, and organic solutions instead of harsher chemicals that can be harmful to beneficial insects and soil health. Number five, observation and adaption. Regularly observe your garden to understand the dynamics between pests and beneficial organisms. Be willing to adapt your strategies based on the changing needs of your garden and the effectiveness of different control methods that you're trying. Number six, sustainable practices. Try to implement sustainable gardening practices. Things like composting, mulching, water conservation. These practices contribute to the overall health of the soil and plants, making them more resilient to pest pressures. Number seven, remember to coexist with nature. Embrace the idea of coexisting with nature rather than trying to completely eliminate pests. Strive for a balanced ecosystem where the natural checks and balances can help manage pest populations without causing harm to the environment. And lastly, education and awareness. Stay informed about the biology and behaviour of pests as well as the broader ecosystem in your garden. Educate yourself and others about the importance of maintaining a healthy balance. By adopting a holistic and thoughtful approach to pest management, you can create a garden that not only thrives but also contributes positively to the surrounding environment. Balancing control measures with an understanding of ecological principles leads to a more sustainable and harmonious gardening philosophy. If you have any questions or would like to discuss this topic or any other garden-related topic, then please connect with us and many other garden enthusiasts in our group on Facebook. The Seed Collection Community. That name again is The Seed Collection Community. You have been listening to How I Grow, produced by The Seed Collection in Melbourne, Australia. It's our aim to make gardening more accessible to more people, and this podcast is one of the many ways we're doing that. If you don't already know who we are, jump online and visit www.theseedcollection.com.au. You'll find a treasure trove of gardening information as well as a huge range of seeds and garden supplies and accessories. That address again is www.theseedcollection.com.au Thanks for listening and happy gardening.